0: Every morning find me moaning cause of all the trouble I sing. Life's a losing gamble to me. Cares and woes of got me moaning. Every evening find me moan. Music was unexpected. I, I always wanted to be a writer and I still do. You know, fiction. I was always turned on by my words, you know, by the way people could use words and that kind of power.
1: So, music can often come to us unexpectedly. One great solo draws us into an entire album, which can open up a deluge of sounds, styles, and personalities. The vocalist Jose James grew up in Minneapolis, surrounded by music. He sang jazz in his own music around the city, and while he was still in high school, he played with members of the famed AACM, Chicago's Association for the Advancement of Creative Musicians. But for Jose James, and like one of his idols, John Coltrane, the path through music is one of personal exploration. From Jazz at Lincoln Center, I'm Alexa Lim, and this is Jazz Stories with Jose James on the art of discovery.
0: Hip-hop was a big thing for me. Well, I didn't have the voice. I didn't have like a fresh voice to be a rapper because everybody at the time, anyway, Snoop and Rakim, Q-Tip, everybody had this like amazing singular voice, you know, Biggie, Tupac and a style. And I was always good at writing the words, but I was like, man, I don't, I can't rap really, you know. And, uh, you know, I was only 15, 16 and I was pretty disappointed by that, but then I got this other you know, this other voice, and it was this baritone voice, and basically baritones gravitate towards jazz. Tenors sing R&B, and it's just, that's how it is. All the keys, all the pop keys, R&B keys, C, and all that stuff are all, you know, for tenors, like Stevie Wonder. And hip-hop, I think, more than any other music, kind of showed me that you, you can write something down, record it, and that can take you all around the world you know tribe called quest showed me that and then their samples are all based on soul old soul or jazz or rare groove or whatever so the sound got in my head and i started tracking down like who the players were in the recordings so for me it started out as just like a interest like a fascination and nobody knew about jazz you know everybody was listening to like smashing pumpkins and nirvana the beastie boys rakim i mean all that you know All that good stuff in the '90s, but not jazz. And so when I discovered jazz, it felt like um, a really private thing, and it was this vast, unexplored territory for me. So I just kept, you know, finding new albums and and exploring. And I, you know, I'd buy like a Sonny Rollins record, and then I'd look and oh, he's got a different piano player. Let's check out this guy. And then I'd look up him, and he's got like 30 records and. So I'd buy some of his records, and I really like the drummer, Zara Blakey, so then, oh, he's got this thing called the Jazz Messengers, and it just goes on and on and on. But the, actually, the first time I heard A-Train was, um, I mean, it's the song that introduced me to jazz, you know, like, like in a very visceral, this is going to be a part of your life forever way. I, I was 14, I'll never forget it. It was the summer before um, high school was going to start, which is like the most precious summer of your life, you know. I was playing basketball in the park across the street. I got tired. I went in, and it was a beautiful summer day. And, you know, I was listening to the radio, you know, for hip-hop and stuff, and I was like, well, let me see what the jazz station's about. It was KBM 88.5. I'd always kind of check in and just see what they played because I was kind of curious about it. It didn't make any sense to me at all. But I was, I kind of like, oh, what is it? You know, this whole station about it. What are they talking about? The DJs were different. You know, they're always talking really slow and talking like all this information about the records, which you don't get on a pop station. You know, no commercials. And it was, it's just different. You know, it's kind of like going to the library or something. And I guess I was looking for the right book or the right song that could bring me somewhere and take the train. Came on and it was, it was the Ellington. Orchestra, and I, I can't believe I'd never heard it before, but I guess there's always a the first time, and it was so joyful, it was so beautiful, and it it matched the day, like all the light streaming in, and just this kind of like feeling that I had of like being young and alive, and you know, getting ready to go to school, and like I just moved back to Minneapolis from Seattle, so everything was really new. And here was this music, like really pulsing and joyful. And I was like, wow, this is great. And I started dancing around. And it was this really magical um, moment. And then it ended. And I was like, oh my god, what was that, you know? And then I was like, that was you know, Take the A Train by the Ellington Orchestra. And said, so, you know, a lot of people don't realize that Billy Strayhorn is actually the composer. So then all of a sudden, I had this great song and this mystery. And I was like, who's Ellington? And who's Billy Strayhorn, you know? So that sent me on this great um, quest.
1: To new land. so james's quest led him to the new school for jazz and contemporary music in new york city where he studied with drummer chico hamilton and the pianist junior manse and in 2006 while in london for a vocal competition his ep version of john coltrane's equinox caught the ear of london based producer giles peterson that led to a record deal on Peterson's indie label, Brownswood Recordings. And while he was on that label, James discovered the world of drum and bass and dubstep.
0: Well, at the time I was signed to a London-based label called Brownswood Recordings, which is Giles Peterson's label, and he's the guy who discovered me. Um, He's like a legendary DJ, producer, tastemaker who's, you know, he, he broke a lot of artists on BBC Radio 1, like The Roots and you know, Baidu and, like, all those kind of people, um, as well as, you know, really amazing jazz people or whatever, you know. Um, so he's known for, you know, discovering people like that or, like, Jamiroquai. He um, used to have a label called Talking Loud, which was, like, really big in the 90s with Ronnie Size and all this kind of drum and bass and it's really exciting London-based stuff. Um, so as soon as I got signed, I think I was the third or fourth artist to get signed on his label, this was 2006. Um, I got all this attention immediately and the record came out, the dreamer came out in 2008. And, um, I met all these people I'd never known about, like all these producers, all these DJs who were active in Japan, especially Tokyo and Kyoto and active in, you know, London and Paris. And so it was this amazing new world that kind of opened up to me. And, um, as it progressed and as I was touring, I mean, I'd often be like the only band. Everybody else is a DJ um, or producer playing their stuff, which I think is great. I mean, I really love being a part of different musical circles and not only playing like quote unquote jazz festivals. I, you know, I just wanted to be part of something new, and dubstep was just kind of really starting to happen. And I used to go to this place called Plastic People which in terms of sound is like the best club in the world it's like amazing and it's super tiny you can probably get like i don't know 80 people in the actual like dance floor but it's like a church of music you know it's it's like sensory deprivation you walk through this like dark curtain the only light is at the dj booth and they're playing like the most avant-garde like electronic music and it's amazing me you know like a lot of americans unfortunately you kind of think of it as all techno or whatever and i realize it's cultural i think just as it's hard to sort of understand like american jazz as played in new york if you're like grew up in poland you know you can't really understand why german bass was so exciting like in the 90s i mean they're playing it in clubs live i mean it was like a a huge movement, you know, um, just like bebop. So for me, for me, it was exciting because I was discovering all this stuff and I was on a label with somebody who was associated with everybody. Um, So it gave me entree into these worlds that um, would have been closed off to me. Otherwise, they have a thing called Open CDR Night at Plastic People. It's where all these producers were up and coming or bring like one track from like a new album or an idea they want to do just to hear it on like the best sound system in the world going to hear you know banga or you know fortet or any of these kind of really you know rising talents in in the programming at plastic people was really special and to me that's so exciting there's a community of people really trying to move it forward and they're getting feedback from each other live It, it felt like you know, when bebop was going on or, or um, free jazz or any kind of like really interesting, you know, new movement that was like spreading underground, surfacing on an EP here. I feel like we don't have anything like that. Like, you know, I heard all the stories, legendary stories about like Bradleys and all these clubs that are shut down, you know. Now I feel like there's no central hang where everybody just goes and you know, meets each other and. And it felt like I was able to go to the Vanguard and hear Coltrane or something. I'm going to start with my singing right here, right now, when then
1: i find freedom. That was the vocalist Jose James. You can hear him in concert with the Jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra singing the music of Billy Strayhorn at JALC.org slash JazzCast. And you can find our other jazz stories there and on iTunes. For Jazz Stories, I'm Alexa Lim. This series is produced by David Gorin and me at Murray Street with support from Jazz at Lincoln Center. So consider becoming a member or joining us for a live performance. You can find complete information at JALC.org.